Welcome to episode 94 of Forging a Journey, where we discuss the joys and struggles of our entrepreneurial journey. I'm Greg Davis. And I'm Jared Dobb. And how you doing, buddy? Today's a good day, man. Yeah? Today's a good day. Yeah, good. I think so. I, uh, I woke up late, though, and I got to work a little bit late. So, I kind of started off on the wrong foot, but... I woke up, and I, I swear it felt like it was like 1 a.m. when my alarm went off. But no, it was 6.30. And I lay there for, I hit my snooze like three times. I'm not, I'm not normally a snooze hitter, but I did this morning. Um, so how's your, how's your, uh, how's your COVID symptoms going on? Man, that, that's so weak. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so spiteful. If I'm going to catch some crazy illness, I at least want to be, I don't know, have a story to tell. Do you have your taste and smell back? Sort of. Yeah, sort of. It's, uh, it's, it's there. It's just not, I can't smell or taste everything. It's the weirdest thing. Like I will catch hints of certain things where I only smell part of it and it's super weird, but yeah, I obviously, uh, I survived. I'm, I'm here for me. I know it's going to be, I'm not going to be able to smell like my favorite foods, but I'll have no problem smelling my dog farts or something like I know (laughs) that's the situation I'll be in. You know, it's the weirdest part. So if if anybody's wondering if it's a man-made virus, I'm very convinced that this is 100% manufactured because I've, I've never had, I've just never had a cold or a flu or something that felt quite the same. Like it wasn't overly bad, but I explained it to one of my other friends where I felt like I had little robots in the back of my head, just like poking my skull. And it was the weirdest, like... It doesn't make sense, but if you catch it and you get it, you're going to realize what I'm talking about. I guarantee it. So it was just an odd feeling. And then on top of that, like, how do you lose your smell for a day, but you can taste things, but then you can't taste things and you can sort of smell and it like flips back and forth, but you're not congested. It's like, there's an off switch in your brain that it's like, okay, off, boop. And then it's gone and you're, you're done. So yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I, uh, if I had not, I'll put it this way. If I had not, Mm -hmm. if COVID didn't exist or at least we weren't talking about it or giving it the attention that it has now, I would say it was very similar to like one of the flu, the lighter flus I picked up at shot show. That's what it was like for me. It okay. were just, you felt gross for a little bit, but then a day and a half later, two days later, you, you're kicking butt and taking names. So, yeah. I don't know. Well, it's, I, it's crazy I know that's how not different everybody's. It, it, yeah. It's, well, that's what I'm going to say. It's, it's crazy how different it affects everybody because <clears throat> I know a couple of people that are in really rough shape. I mean, they aren't on the brink of death, but, but they're in rough shape and they've been in rough shape for weeks. So now they are older people, <clears throat> but uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's no joke for a lot of people and it's not a big deal for everybody else. So. Yeah. It's, it, what it comes down to for me is for most people that are going to get it, especially our age group, you know, if you're 50 and younger for most people, again, like people got to make a call for themselves. I'm not trying to tell people what to do, but um especially my age group, the risks are extremely low. I, I know now dozens of people my age because it came through in a wave for whatever reason. And I still think, you know, I originally called BS for the whole second strain thing, but I'm starting to wonder if that wasn't the case. If You know how some flu seasons you'll get like a wave of flu and then like spring for whatever reason it like hits again and you can catch these colds twice or whatever. I had very similar um, circumstances getting sick in the spring or I'll say late winter, but I didn't lose my smell or anything. But this time around, it's like, holy cow, it's like, this is to the T exactly what they're describing. So I don't know, but all my friends that had it, um, most of them were either a hundred percent asymptomatic, but simply lost smell, lost taste, or had a mild fever for a day or two, lost the smell taste, um, yeah, it, it, very similar to what I experienced. Yeah. yeah I've, so, 
I feel like over Christmas, it seems like everybody I know that it like had, had COVID, it seems like, um, I mean, so we've you, had, we've had a bunch more contact, um, around here just with, you know, some of our employees, like our, our, uh, Kim who does our shipping, her husband had COVID and, and had some mild symptoms. She never had any symptoms and got tested and, and, and never had it, which is crazy. Like if this is, as, if it's as, uh, you know, contagious as I say, like how, how can you be in the same house with somebody? Not because it's man-made. But then, <laughs> like this is what it comes down to. It, yeah, it's, it's just crazy. Like, it's some weird. Yeah, there, there, there's some weird. Because let me give you the example. So I have four kids at home. Okay, so the last two weeks, um, well, I'll say a week and a half, whatever the ten-day period, whatever. I've been very limited with. I'm always limited. I'm a I'm a recluse, man. I, I'm like I come into a shop alone, into my office. I go home. I hang out with my family. Like I don't see people, but I did take some extra precautions and stuff just because I don't really want to willingly give people illnesses if I can help it. Um, but none of my kids got sick. All of my friends that have kids, the adults got sick, but the kids didn't get sick at all. Yeah. And we're talking from ages 12 and younger multiple families in our shop who have piles of kids the adults got sick kids didn't even show symptoms nothing didn't have fevers nothing at all or multiple cases in my circle of you know for example i got it but my wife is fine she has no like she has no symptoms no nothing she feels great so it's super weird it is uh I'd, I've I've not denied that it's an ex, it, it's real, you know. I think it's very overhyped for our age group, but I digress. It is what it is. My biggest issue, with it, and I think you'd agree, is just how it's been used for political gain and control. That's the, that's that's really my biggest issue. Yeah, because as soon as as soon as someone starts telling me that they're making me do something. Like I, this isn't a childish tantrum, but this is this is my how my brain works. This is part of why I'm somewhat successful with. And you're, the, I'm sure you're the same way because we're business owners and we question things. We we push the normal. We so like when somebody tells me this is the way it is and this is it's just it is. It's because just because I'm like, well, why just because? Like, there's got to be something more than that. Why are you shutting me down? Okay, well, I'm doing logical thinking in my head. You know what I mean? I, I'm trying to find where I stand and, and you know, I, I don't blindly question authority, but I do question it. I want to know the reasoning behind why we're doing the things we're doing. And if I believe in it, I'll go, I'll go right along. I'm, you know, I'm not, yeah. I'm not just a rebel to be a rebel, but that's been my <clears throat> biggest became, gripe is just what you said. Yeah. It became very clear to me, like blaring, sirens and all this it, it became so clear to me after four weeks into the two week uh two weeks to get rid of this thing or whatever that logic is going out the window there's there is no logic being used in this whatsoever like i mean the fact that that there's there's two businesses next to each other one of them is a restaurant people can go in sit down you have to wear a mask from be, between the table to the and door the other business this is this is literally in, in in my town this is happening next to that is a taekwondo uh place my son goes there they're not allowed to have seats in there you have to sit on the floor you're not allowed to bring in your own chair you have to sit on the floor there was i watched them there was a guy came in who was an amputee <clears throat> and um, he was missing a leg from the knee down and he, he brought in a chair. They wouldn't let him sit in his chair. They made the amputee sit on the, on the ground. It's just like, there's no logic to, to this anymore or, or, or there hasn't been the rules for one, for one place are different for the next. And, and that's just so frustrating. It, it, and I was talking to the, uh, to the owner of the, taekwondo place and i mean he's 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 even more frustrated than what 
I was looking at that. He, you know, he don't want to have to tell the guy that, but he also doesn't want to have to shut down his his uh, his business. So, yeah, there's there's no logic, and, I, and I'm sure we could give a thousand other examples of <clears throat> of how there's no logic to any of this. But but anyway, let's let's dive into the topics in hand. COVID chat. So, um, yeah, so we are we're a couple weeks into the new year what's going on in, in your uh, at ta targets you know every every year typically around this time and i'm sure i've said it on the podcast this is when i usually try to decompress a little bit analyze what went really well last year and what our game plans are for this year and i started doing that and i tried to do that and then 2021 kicked off and it's been really weird I haven't really had the clarity of mind and it's just, it's odd. It's, it's a really weird feeling to me. Um, I feel like we just at the very beginning. So because our, our businesses exist in the digital realm, largely, I felt like I just kept getting sucker punched by like all this big tech stuff and all this stuff going on. And don't take what I'm saying wrong I feel at peace and I feel like I have a clear direction. I feel like I can't control these outside things. I still have to do what I need to do, but it's still driving me nuts that I feel like we're going to have a second year of insanity and I don't think it's going to let up. And then I, you know, we'll get into 2022. It's not going to let up. So like I, what I'm realizing is it is not going to let up and we have to manage through it. Um, and I, I have no choice but to continue to grow the business. Um, yeah, that's my job. That's what I right. do here. So, yeah, it's it, it's been hard for me to plan our content. It's been hard for me to have clarity of mind to when we're on the range or we're in the studio recording to be able to have my thoughts gathered. Uh, for example, we just did a video on the TA Targets YouTube and the whole range day, like, it just, it felt really cruddy. <laughs> I don't know how to explain it. I got out there. I just wasn't in the right headspace, but it was a video that, you know, we wanted to get out. And thankfully having John on the team, he's a whiz with video editing. He made a phenomenal edit and very happy with how it turned out. But yeah, it's just, I feel like I have this clouded brain right now where I'm, I'm struggling to figure out where I spend my time and what I focus on. Um, and I, I'm not normally a guy that sits down and just gets frozen. But you know, Yesterday was a good example. I sat for probably 45 minutes staring at my notebook at all the things I should do. And I was so indecisive. I couldn't figure it what out. I couldn't figure out which one, you know, which one I wanted to do, like which one's most important. Well, they're all important. So it, it's just a, I don't know. It's just a weird feeling of uncertainty. Um, but I'm working, you know, I'm working through that as yeah. well. No, I, I, I totally get that. We've, I'm doing better with it now, but cause I, th- I think, I think last podcast I had just mentioned about how, yeah, I, we talked about just kind of get, not let yourself get frozen with <clears throat> fear and doubt about the unknown. And, um, I've had my moments, uh, almost every day I've had a moment where I'm like, you know, how, what's going to happen? How's this going to look? Is what is all this work that I'm doing now on this going to be in vain because it, cause it's either big tech's going to take it down or the government's going to, is going to outlaw what we're trying to do or, you know, like, <clears throat> but, but I pretty quickly at this point, I'm like, you know what? We, we don't know what's going to happen. Um, and I am a, like, I am a optimistic person. So I'm, <laughs> I don't know if I'm, I'm not sure if I'm lying to myself. Um, just so the I can, answer is, is yes. You just so I can lying. continue or if it's just being optimistic, but either way I'm going to keep doing it is, I really don't think it's going to be as bad as what we fear it's going to be, but it's not going to be as good as what it has been. They're like one of the lines I say all the time to people is 
the truth is in the middle and um yeah the, the you know the next administration is going to do things that they've they've made that clear and they're already starting to put bills through and and big tech is their puppet so they're gonna keep doing what they're gonna do and and uh and so yeah anyway i just i've got a point where i'm like you know what if that stuff happens then then we'll figure out you know what to do then i think the question that the the bigger question i've been trying to ask is what can we do now to prepare for if if whatever does happen if if facebook and instagram says you guys are are done um where do we go how do we advertise how do we get found and um and, and to me it's less of a deal because i've had I, i've had large periods of time where facebook won't won't let me advertise i'm not actually all that worried about not being able to advertise on social media um if they say that, that we can't do that yeah we would take a hit but we've done it before and, and been fine i'll find new ways to uh, to get the word out i think the bigger fear is um I don't know. Then I think kind of the worst case scenario that I could that I see potential happening is like um is I don't know. Like not being able to like our credit card processor dropping us or whatever. But from what I understand, so I was talking to my web guy, um the servers that our website is on have have said that they're not going to be taking anybody down. Our website is backed up even if they did, but our server company said that they've, that they have no intention on, t- on taking any websites down. So I'm not worried about our website going down or getting, getting taken away. Our credit card processor says that they are, are pro two a, but the problem is like, there's only a couple, it, it, it's a pyramid thing where at the top, there's really only a couple banks that, that then everybody else splits off from. So it's not impossible that, that one of those big banks say, you know, if you're a gun, gun maker, accessory maker, whatever that, that they're not going to process payment. But yeah, I don't know. Like there's just so many of, of those things that start going through your head and you can't, but you can't let those things consume you because yeah, you'll just, you'll, you'll stop what you're doing trying to figure out instead of figuring out what you have to do today. Like right now I have two new products sitting on my desk that I am completely immersed in. And if I was sitting here worrying about what might happen down the road, I would have to stop working on these new products. And, and I can't, I can't let that happen because these, because new products are the future of the business, not, not working on what might happen down the road. Yeah. One of the, so this is this is going to be weird. So there's a lot of uncertainty, and I just explained how I have, you know, there, I go through periods where I'm frozen, and, and it's not really necessarily fear. It's just not knowing what the next best step is right this moment. However, I have felt extremely strong as of late, and it became very clear to me that there is a major cultural shift that has to happen. And we've talked about that. I know that most companies in the 2A would say that they're part of a, cult, a culture war to, you know, bring people their rights and, and help them to understand it, whatever, you know, however they phrase it. We started selling, um, stocking and selling rifles and pistols here at the shop. Um, and I've just felt more and more that it's time for in you know ta targets in our community in our 25 square miles that we're we're part of here that we need to be equipping our community um, so that's one thing for me that became extremely clear i mean we're blessed with an amazing range all private property we have you know we own the buildings here that are at the shop nobody can tell us you know what we can or can't do here um, so yeah, there's going to be a lot more community outreach from TA targets. And 
we're on the topic of big tech and there's a lot of concern about it because we've seen some high profile people being made an example of and completely getting removed from social media. So now the question becomes, do I think TA targets will get removed? I, I don't know because I can just, you know, I could pivot with the content that I show. I could archive everything that has a firearm in it and get rid of it and just post pretty pictures of targets. And I, I don't know, would they go after that? Maybe, maybe they would. If my messaging was simply apolitical and Hey, here's a target and go out and plink and have fun. Maybe they wouldn't target us. Keystone carry. Yeah. They'll, they'll boot that. If they really feel like, um, honing in and hunkering down. Yeah. That, that might be one. If you're very politically outspoken, if you have your opinions out there and it goes against the grain, maybe. But the question then for me became just an understanding here that social media did not exist for, you know, forever for most of my life, you know, growing up, we didn't have social media yet. We bought products and we we did things um, and it's a little different now, but say you get banned from social media. Well, now I'm going to like 1985 tactics, <laughs> guerrilla tactics, working through my friends that have established business is established newsletters. But then also we're now looking at an expansion up here inside of our shop, which I wasn't planning originally, but it's going to happen very soon where there will be a storefront for TA targets. And I didn't want to do that originally, but I think that that's one of the ways that I can combat the um, hysteria around big tech. And it doesn't help with the payment processor, but I mean, if they start banning us with payment processors, it's going to go like medical marijuana or, uh, recreational marijuana. It's just those companies exist and they're illegal at a federal level and they can't use banks just like a regular business. They're booted from different things, can't do paid advertising. So that there's a little bit of a difference there because there's a push to legalize that at a federal level and guns, it's kind of the opposite. But at the same time, I want to invest in our community. There's uncertainty with the big tech aspect. So what people will see from TA targets is a large investment into our community, not necessarily monetarily, but with our time. And yeah, I'm excited to start rolling out what I'm thinking of. Yeah, it's cool. It's, it's, it's all in if for example, yesterday I did a bunch of background checks for guys that came in and bought rifles from us. So yes, the rifles don't have the margins of our normal product. They're not, like my goal is not to make tons of money on guns and selling things like that, but we're curating the rifles and pistols that we think are best. We're not a little gun shop that has lever actions and bolt guns and all this other stuff. It's, it's going to be a very specific mission that TA targets has. And the other thing is I want to affect culture in my direct community. And what I've seen as of late is so many people coming to us with questions in our community about firearms, buying their first gun from us, having all of these conversations. Yesterday, a gentleman, one of the guys that bought a rifle, he asked me a, a question. He's like, I, I want you to talk to me because I'm completely ignorant about this rifle. What do I need? And he listed off a couple of things that he thought he needed, but I kind of had, I had the opportunity to say, here's, here's where you focus. This is where you need to focus on a rifle. And I'm not a, a, a FUD or a goober at a gun shop that just wants to see people with tactical rifles. Um, but I got to invest conversation with this gentleman where now he's walking away with a rifle that has a good optic, a good light and a sling. And there's just this aspect of, I feel like I owe that to my community to take people that are open-minded, equip them with the firearm, but then take it one step further. How can I also invest time into them um, so that we start changing uh, the culture? You know, I've had people buy rifles from me in the last two weeks that were completely opposite politically from me. You know, I, I was mind blown seeing them walk in and be like, I want to buy a gun. It's like freaking sweet. This is great. I love it. And uh, I get a message from a person a week and I have all year 
um, somebody that wants to buy their first gun. And, uh, and I would say half the time it's somebody who I, I know for a fact was, was not, not pro gun before, before all this stuff happened. So it's the, and that's really only going to increase this next, you know, in the future here. So, um, well, and I think in general, our community tends to be of the mindset that, I don't know, we talk a lot. We, we talk a ton. We, we say things like, and I've said it too because I believe it, that the, the right to keep and bear arms is a last line of defense against a government that's out of control, that is you know, I look back, so I've been rereading through the Federalist Papers and a bunch of old founding documents from before our country was um, technically unified before the Constitution was ratified, but um, I don't know. I I feel like we talk a lot. We talk a lot about the fact that that's that last line of defense, but we don't necessarily engage super well in the cultural aspect. We've said it a million times that we are an echo chamber online. We, you know, we can't, you can't hardly reach new people on social media. It's very difficult. Um, so yeah, rather than, um, rather than just talking and saying it's a last line of defense and saying, yes, we'll fight the government. I want to see people doing their part now in their community for the cultural aspect. And part of that, I think my responsibility is I have four children. So I want to raise these kids to value freedom and hopefully they don't see oppression through any uh, political party or whoever's administration happens to be uh, serving the people at the time. Notice how I didn't say empower there said serving the people the key that we're forgetting but i don't know there's a lot of work to be done and i think that we oftentimes get wrapped up in the fear and the the chaos of what this government may do and we forget that we are the government and it's very very simple to understand how to change it it's hard to execute and that's what I think the gun community fails to do because we care more about the tactics that somebody's using. We care more about whether, I don't know, you know, the whole drill. Yep. It, it just culturally we are a mess sometimes when it comes to the gun world, but not for sure. There's yeah, that we could, we could, we could start a whole new podcast just on that topic and subject and um, whereas you you look at what you know people that would go against freedom are very organized very orchestrated very um, deliberate about what they do you know so i don't know I, I i think that there's definitely reason to put your guard up a little bit this year um I think that we need to be paying attention to what big tech is doing, to what these different channels are doing, um, as well as possible regulations and things that come down through the pike. But I also think that if we lock down in fear, just like look at the COVID example, the people locked down in fear, you become ineffective. And now you're not going to put any energy back into your community. If you're a business owner, you're going to freeze or shrink if you're not actively attempting to solve these problems, um, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be a weird year, but we'll get yeah. through it and we'll be better in the end for it. Yeah, I it's hope. definitely, I, you know, things could go crazy. I, I'm not, I'm not naive enough to believe that they wouldn't do something that would make it, virtually impossible for your business to continue you know there who knows i have we have no idea um 
but we kept saying things like, oh, I just can't wait till this is over till the election's over till whatever. It, it's just unending yeah. at this point. I expect to wake up every week. Um, and somebody's going to tell me something about the world imploding, but <laughs> I, I also think it would be <clears throat> very healthy for people to turn off the media. I think yeah. that would be a very 100%. wise move for most people. Yep. 100%. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's weird. So, uh, you had said that, that, that you like to kind of begin the year, sit down and, and re regroup, kind of look at, at, at the business stuff like that. And that's actually, actually, that actually is what I've been doing pretty, uh, pretty hard here. So I've, I've met with, with each of my full-time teams separately and just, um, and talk to them about, about this next year and, and ask them, so I, I kind of set before them, you know, what is your personal uh, active growth plan for this year? Like, what do you want to learn? What do you think you can, you can do better? But then also <clears throat> for the department, what, what can we do better in that department to, to streamline things, to become more efficient? Because I'm starting to realize I mean, I'm not starting to, but I'm starting, but I, I want to start being more proactive in, in figuring out how to be efficient because efficiency is everything, especially if we can figure out how it, I think it's the, the, the easy way to grow and, 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 and to add capacity to your business is by hiring people. Like that's the easiest way. Like we need more hands. If we have more people out there, building, assembling, painting, whatever, then, then we can do more. That's the easy way. I think the hard way to get the same thing is, is ask, how can we keep the same team, but add capacity? And so that's where I'm at is I'm trying to figure out um, what systems do we need in process? What equipment do we need <clears throat> to streamline things? Because I think that, that could be a big, a, a business saver. I think when we get down the road and you know, let's just say that, that the government puts a squash on our online sales or whatever, and we take a big hit. Well, if we're able to survive right now with our business and the quantity that, um, of product that we move now, you know, what is our bare minimum for that? with our current staff. But then if, if we can, you know, let's say this year with our new products and everything, we double again or we quadru we quadruple again, but we don't have to double or quadruple our, our staff. Then our, then our capacity here just grew a ton where we're going to be more survivable if things don't go well uh, for whatever reason. Um, if, if sales dip or whatever, I don't have to let people go because we're able to survive not just survive, but, but we're able to thrive with our current staff. What, what can we do with our current staff and how much more can we make and produce and ship with our, with our current staff? So that's, that's kind of what we're getting knee deep, knee deep in right now. We went and, and, and visited another business um, in, in our industry this week. I mean, Dusty did, and we got to go see how they did things and, um, I watched a couple of videos on, on, on YouTube of some businesses that, that have done like a similar kind of walkthrough of how they've done things. And, and it's, it's definitely opened my eyes to that. We have a ton more capacity here with our current staff. If we put some of these processes in order. So uh, for instance, the big, the, the big thing that we're looking at now is for our fulfillment. Um, I mean, right now we just have most days we have we have one person we have Kim <clears throat> who goes in a ship station, picks the order, you know, prints out the order, the shipping slip and the pick slip at the same time. We'll go and pull those parts, sit it there with the order, and box it up. Go to the next one, basically, and um, and what and what well. 
where I want to get to. And we're okay with that model right now, but adding more products this year is going to significantly complicate that process. And, um, it's just as much uh, also with fulfillment. It's just as much about speed as it is accuracy. Um, it just, I want, it doesn't happen too often, but it happens more than I think it should where, where somebody gets a missing item in their, in their shipment or wrong color or something like that. And I think a lot of that, that like, that's not on Kim to me, that's on the process that we have set up just allows for that to happen. So, um, so we're in the process of, of going to like zoned shipping. So each product is going to have its own zone and we're going to have, uh, we're going to use scanners. So you scan each, each product. And actually I use finale too. Uh, finale has us all built into it. So you can use a, use a scanner, scan the order. It'll tell you what to go pick. You scan the items as you pick it. And then and the scanner will tell you when you're done. It'll tell you when you've picked everything that needs to pick for that order. So that pretty much eliminates missing stuff. And also if you scan the wrong, the wrong item, it'll tell you wrong item. So that pretty much eliminates putting the wrong item in an order. And then when you get to, you know, so that's what the picker does. When you get to the shipper, the shipper also has a scanner at the computer and they scan uh, they scan the order it, it, and you have options there too. Like you can set it up so that, so that the shipper also has to scan each product and, and it'll double check or if, um, or you can just scan the order and it'll just say, you know, you know, go ahead and ship. So like you can set up redundancy there. So that's kind of what, what we're looking at now. Like we're going to completely our, our assembly and shipping is in the same room right now. I think we're actually going to uh, pull our assembly. We're going to relocate our our assembly to a different room because we're going to need more assembly in packaging room too uh, once we come out with these products. So, um, yeah, so we're going to be going through some pretty big, big changes around here, just getting things moved around, getting processes set up, improving accuracy, improving speed, all well, well, you know, you're trying to keep our same, our same team. And that's, a, honestly, that's still kind of, I get excited about that stuff. I kind of nerd out with, but, <laughs> like I was watching, like I went down a wormhole last night on, on YouTube of watching zone shipping and scanning orders, stuff like that. And I just, I started nerding out on that, on that stuff. I'm like, man, this, like, this is exciting. Like to be able to, I would, would be awesome. I would love to move to that point. I don't know. I need way more, like we need way more space in shipping. That's what we're realizing. If I, if I add these two products that I'm working on now, I don't know where we're going to put them. And that's a, a problem, but we're working through that, figuring that out. Yeah. Um, it just kind of is what it is, but we have tons of shop space, but it's a lot of, I don't know it's a lot of manufacturing space. So there's going to, as, as we continue to grow, some of that manufacturing space is going to be converted over to warehouse slash shipping fulfillment. It's going, it's going to have to be, but yeah, we're working through that, figuring that out as well. Uh, I, I like the idea of, for me, there's like, there's a couple more positions. Like I want to scale our business to fill a couple more positions here. And then, then I'll be at the point where I think you're at right now, where it's, it's like, how can we, how can I now make this team last for the next five years or whatever the period is? Don't quote me on five years, but how can we scale up substantially with the same team that we have on, on hand? Um, Cause that's a, in my mind, that's a win for everybody. Then as long as there's systems in place, like I'm not advocating running people into the ground, um, trying to be a cheapskate, you know, I, th- I think some people may Im- immediately, if I would say that, think I mean expect too much out of the people we have, which that's where the systems come in place. Right. That's where like you can do more with the same amount of people and not give the same people more work. There's there's ways to streamline things so it's so it's more efficient. It's all about efficiency, and that's really what what we're trying to get is just get it 
just get as efficient as possible. Um, so it becomes easy and it becomes easily repeatable and quality actually goes up and which in turn lessens our, the, the workload for customer service and not needing because I'm on the brink right now of needing two customer service people. Um, in fact, I'm probably beyond the brink. I'm working dusty to his, to his, to his nubs, you know, answering just a ridiculous amount of emails every day. Um, which actually there's another update. So, uh, and it's actually been, it's been a long time coming, <clears throat> but it did happen sooner than what we had planned on it happening. So my wife is, uh, left her, her teaching position. So this week is actually her, her last week there. Uh, starting next week, she will be working uh, here at the business. And, and, and there's like, there's a few different levels to that. There's just with COVID and school and um, like the district that my wife teaches in is doing something different than the district where my kids are at. And, and so our, basically our kids need help because our kids school is like half days which is obnoxious they go in the morning and then I have to leave here 11 30 to go pick them up and then and then the, the, the problem was then I have nowhere else to take them um that there was a girl that, that was helping us but but she wasn't able to do it anymore after the holidays so like they're over at my at my stepmom's right now because she's a teacher and she's teaching from home so it, it's just it's a mess but so my wife's gonna be able to help with our kids which is, is amazing. And then she's also going to be able to help with customer service is, is, is the first thing she's going to do. And, uh, and then I have other plans for her down the road, uh, to, to, you know, for here's here as well. So, um, so we're bringing on my wife is going to be doing <clears throat> customer service. Dusty's going to be able to focus, uh, hopefully completely on sales because he's uh, just, you know, he's doing an awesome job with that. And, uh, so yeah, I, I think just the whole process I'm looking forward to is, is going to get a lot better here in really the next couple of weeks. Things are just going to really start getting start getting better. So, and then one of my other uh, guys, Braden, is going to be next week. He's going to be going from part time to to full time, and I'm really excited to have to have that. And that's just something I've kind of flip-flopped on too. I used to, I used to just want part-time. Like I, I liked having part-time people. Um, it's cause they're, I mean, technically they cost less. It's actually not as, as much less as what people think, but, um, but the problem is like just the consistencies. It, it's hard to get a consistent, um, it, it's just like a consistency on things. Cause, cause a part-time person generally has a, it's going to have to if the part-time is because their schedule only allows part-time there's other things going on in the day that only allows them to have part-time jobs so like our part-time people here it seems like every couple months something needs to change and they need to change their schedule because it was something like that so having full-time people they're they're here from eight to five and you know that and they're going to they're going to get a lot more done than what like a couple part-time people are. So <clears throat> I'm looking forward to having, having him. So I'm actually adding two more full-time people starting next week. Nice. It's crazy. That's awesome. We had uh, quite the expansion on our team as well. And it's, it's cool to cool to see it. I definitely understand the desire to have full-time versus part-time or at least if you could have part-time that's extremely consistent uh, because you end up creating or the person that's in the position ends up creating so many different benefits for the company, especially as they're learning and getting better and, and bringing more to the table. And then if something all of a sudden has to change, it's, it's depressing when it comes to part-time. But uh, so I, I totally get that. Uh, one of the things that just happened to us this last week is our new plasma table just got delivered so that that thing's a beast that thing's huge so they're gonna soon start setting it up right now it's all the components 
separately out in the, uh, we actually put it outside under one of our extra buildings and uh, it's huge. I, I cannot wait to fire that thing up and start ripping the programs. Uh, the, just the size of the sheets that we're handling. And then I think it's today or tomorrow. It, it might've actually been delivered. I'm, I'm not sure that CNC press break that we got that's getting delivered, you know, any day now. So then we'll be able to make the fancy brackets in house, which I'm super excited about, have a lot more capacity and capability. So yeah, we did a little bit, a little bit different at the end of the year. We invested in some equipment, um, but I still have plans this year to invest in some people as well. I, especially the marketing. I, I see such a need to have full-time positions in our marketing. And right now it's essentially me and two part-time people in marketing and sales. And I plan to have a marketing team of four or five people. If, if we can scale to the size that we need to scale in 21, by the end of 21, I, I have some positions I'd like to fill. So yeah, now, now that I said that on the podcast, I'm going to start getting the uh, <laughs> resumes sent in, which is funny. It, it's a cool experience. I get them all the time. People are local and they find out about us and find out about what we're doing and, and they'll send an email to our generic customer service email with a, a resume and a desire to become part of the team based on what they're seeing. So that's, that's cool to see. It makes me feel good knowing we're building something that people want, want to be a part of. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And uh, I actually invested in a, in a really exciting piece of machinery at the end of the year too. Um, so right now we, and for the last five years, our titanium pocket clips have been hand bent on a break one at a time. And, and just going back to how I've been looking at becoming, becoming more efficient, um, is that's our biggest pinch point. Like if we've not sought after, gone after like a big contract uh, with a Neomag because we knew our capacity couldn't handle something like that. Uh, so I've been working with a automated like a custom automation company. We've actually been working, talking to them for probably a little more than a year now, actually. Uh, but at the end of the year, I decided, you know, I, I think it's time to, to, to make this happen. So, um, so we'll, yeah, we're going forward with that. We're going to have a, we're going to have a automated like magazine fed clip bending. Nice. Here. That's just going to, it's a like, magazine clip. Now you can actually clip. say it. <laughs> <laughs> so how many clips are in that mag? Yeah. It'll, there has many, to be a, there has to be a clips will it shoot. Yeah. Oh, uh, there you go. There has to be a meme about this or something. It's, I mean, it's, it's actually going to be a clip zine. I'm actually like laser that. On, yes. Like on, on yes. the magazine that holds eclipse, I'm going to laser. Dude, I have been saying clip for years. Yeah. I don't know if, I don't know. I can't say that I invented it, but I remember I was at a carry trainer class and I just kept calling them clipazines to, I don't know, try to irritate him or whatever. He ended up picking it up. And now if you take a carry trainer class, he pretty much every time says clipazine, you know, gotta, gotta get that snuck in there. I'm I'm very excited about that. And that's gonna, and it's not, it's not necessarily going to replace anybody's job is just going to really expand our capability uh, here. So that's what it's about, man. That's what it's about. Yeah. It's, it's the same thing having, like, I'm just sitting here looking at everybody on the podcast. Can't see it, but the cute little bracket that we created back for that vital zone. The one that was my idea. Oh, shut up. That one. (laughs) (laughs) But having the press break here, the CNC press break, we'll be able to create that. And I have other, other aspects of our product line that I plan to really mess around with Um, other products that require a lot of different complex bends and things like that. So 
sort of like how you're automating your clip bending. Now we have the capability that with software I can program these parts and do it. Like the machine will do what I need it to do instead of trying to manually figure these prototypes out the hard way. Yeah, that's awesome. Can't really hand bend five sixteenths and three eighth inch steel. It doesn't <laughs> quite work. No, no <laughs> it takes quite a bit of tonnage to well. do that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and our old br- the brake that we're replacing had no digital readout or anything. It was just you bent it till you ha- you held like a degree finder up against it or whatever, and it just was horrible. It's, it's horrible. So. Yeah, this is a step in the right direction. I think 2021 is going to be a really hard year in a lot of ways. But I think that it's also going to kind of be a proving ground, uh, proving ground for our companies. And, um, you know, if we have to adapt, how fast can we pivot? How, how fast can we adapt to changing circumstances? And I, I think with the right mindset, we'll be able to do just that and be okay. But time will tell. All right, bud. Well, we both need to have a hard stop here because we we got stuff to do in a couple minutes here. So, go and wrap it up. If you guys want to find, well, here a couple things. Please, please, please leave us a review on wherever you are listening to this. That helps us immensely. Also, please, if you could share this podcast with two people, just think of two people that you think would enjoy uh, some somehow enjoy what we do here. If you could please share it with them, that would be, that'd be amazing. It's like if all you guys shared two people, it would, that would just be huge for us. So if you could do that and then won't tell them to then leave a five-star review. And then we're going to tell them to find two people. Before you know it, we're going to have so many more people listening and engaging with us, being part of this forging. It'll be a community. Be community. Awesome. It'll be be so cool. It'll be the coolest, greatest, most (laughs) awesome Community. Everybody knows it. The best trade deal of all the trade deals possibly ever. <laughs> wow. Now nobody nobody's going to recommend us. <laughs> no, it's a great trade deal because you get entertained. You get to learn some information. It costs you zero dollars. We're not throwing advertisements at your face. But you should definitely shop on tatargets.com or the neomag.com. The only way that this is possible is if you support us. So... I, I, I thought about because this podcast literally is sponsored by Neomag and TA Targets. They're the ones that pay for all this stuff. Like, you know, we don't we don't charge anybody money. We aren't we don't have a Patreon. We don't have anything like that. We had, we pay out of our pocket to do this podcast. So I thought about it too, at the beginning of the podcast. Today's podcast brought to you by Neomag.com. I wonder if we TA made a, if, if we made a discount code for forging the journey. If that would ever do anything. I'll, yeah, I'll do that. We should, we should talk about that behind the scenes. Uh, if you guys want to see something like that, let us know. Yeah. If you like. Yeah. But if you let us know and you don't use it, then we're, we're going to I'll make it. I'll get like one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. All thank right, guys. you for tuning in. Uh, we'll catch you next week. <laughs>